Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. So this Welcome jersey to I got when we were in Cleveland because we were invited Family by Church, the coach by senior the Cleveland Pastor Browns Mike to go watch For more Cleveland information about our ministry, Ravens, visit like us Ravens, on the web at myffc.tv. But this jersey is my jersey. The year I was established. And uh, the Holy Spirit and God works in mysterious ways. I never bring my laptop and something on the inside was like, you should bring your laptop today. Because it's so dark up here, I wouldn't be able to see my notes, but I can see them because I hit this cool button a couple times, and my screen gets brighter. You can see me better. Um, so I'm very excited about the series that Pastor Mike's doing. It's a series on courage, and in today's age, we need courage to walk out our Christian walk. There's so many things that are anti-God anti-Jesus, uh, and you really need courage to stay true to your beliefs and not be kind of like a, a doubting Thomas Christian. Like, And what I mean by that doubting Thomas, doubting Thomas, you wouldn't have known he was a apostle or disciple of Jesus after Jesus went to the cross because he believed the way everybody else believed. And if you're not careful in today's culture, you will believe the way everybody else believes about God, and it'll be contrary to what the Word says. See, Jesus told Thomas, hey, I'm going to rise again. We have scriptures that talk to us about the Holy Spirit. And I want to just dive in, and I want to reveal uh, kind of the mystery or a mystery about the Holy Spirit. And so many um, people and even uh, religious um, groups or organizations don't believe in the person of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't believe in the person of the Holy Spirit, you'll never have a personal relationship with Him. And the Bible's very clear that there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're a triune God. They're three different persons that make up one God. It's a mystery. But a lot of people don't get the benefits of knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to dive into Scripture so we're not kind of like doubting Thomas to where we just kind of believe with what society says or what certain opinions are. And we're going to go with what the Scripture says and we're just going to dig in. So you guys ready? I'm going to pray first, though. It's always good to pray before you talk in front of a group of people. <laughs> Lord, help me. Dear Holy Father, I just thank you that you give me the words to say. I thank you I've prepared, but I thank you that this is your message. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit leads and guides me. And I thank you that people have ears that hear are open to what your word says. And their hearts are ready to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so what is the Trinity? Trinity is one God, 
in three persons. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see through Scripture that Jesus submitted his will to the Father. If you turn your Bibles, if you have them, or you have your tablets, or your phones, or electronic devices, if you turn to John 6, 38, there we go. It says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He's referring to his Father. And then if you go to John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We, th- we see through scriptures that the Father is the head of the Trinity. Jesus is the Word, or the power in the Trinity. And then the Holy Spirit is the manifestation of the power, or the execution of the spoken Word. And I have a little bit of a, uh, an illustration here. And... I'm in the, uh, the land business. So what we do, we're going to build a building. We first got to go and get a set of plans from an architect. So God the Father, his role would be like an architect. It's his design, creation, his design, his plan. Well, after the architect gives us the plans, then we have to go get the supplies. Well, the Bible says that Jesus, the word of God, that all things that came into existence came by the word, through him and by him. So Jesus is the power. So you had the plan from God, and then you have the power of God to where all creation came into existence, but then you have the role of the Holy Spirit. So you have the plans, you have the ability to make or execute the plans, and then you have the builder that comes in and makes sure that it gets built. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, there's, uh, let me just go, it's hard to see. Let me, is it too bright for you guys? It's the anointing. <laughs> just... No, I'm okay. All right. I'm good. If we turn in our Bibles, we're going to go, and I'm going to show you Scripture now. I'm back. I got it. If you swipe your hand wrong, it just goes for miles. <laughs> um, we're going to go to Genesis 1.1. You guys ready? Yeah. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. In the beginning, you had God the Father, you had the Son, and you had the Holy Spirit. In the beginning of creation, they were all working together in harmony, not one looking to be better than the other. They were in complete harmony. And then if you uh, go on down, um, what is it, Genesis? I don't know if I gave you the scripture. All right, you got it. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And right there it says, let us. It's showing us right there in Scripture that it's plural. It's plural in persons, but singular that they're God. Three persons make up one God. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. This is what I want us to focus on. We are made in his image. We are made in his likeness. And I want you, this is the first point today. God never works apart from the Holy Spirit. 
He never does. There's nothing that God's ever done from eternity past or he will ever do in eternity future that's without the Holy Spirit. He needs the Holy Spirit to do his job so his mission or the work of the Lord gets accomplished. Does that make sense? Okay. A, the Holy Spirit was there in creation. I, do, I like doing little side notes, okay? And B, the Holy Spirit revealed to the prophets the fingerprint of the Messiah. Do you know that we wouldn't know anything about what the Messiah would do or what he would say or that there would even be a, a crucifixion or a cross that he would die for us on if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit revealing it to the prophets of old? His work in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it, we wouldn't have the scriptures if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's main job is to talk about Jesus. The Bible says nobody knows the heart of a man except by the, the spirit of a man. You know that God sent his Holy Spirit on the earth to literally show men and empower men with greatness anointed by God so that they could do great things for him. I, I think it's better than what you guys are doing. I can't see your faces. I don't know if some of y'all are sleeping or not. <laughs> I'll be like, let me see. No. <laughs> Second uh, Peter one twenty one says, "For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost." My second point I want to make to you today is that Jesus started his ministry after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke three twenty two said, "And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him." And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Think about that. Jesus was the God man. And those of you that didn't grow up in church, the Bible says that Jesus laid aside his deity or his divinity and he came as a man. So when Jesus comes as a man, he's literally living his life 30 years as a man. There's no recorded or no record of him doing anything like a miracle, nothing. He's just living as a man. We do know that he had a great knowledge of Scripture, though, because when he was 12, he confounded the scribes. And he actually stayed and was debating with the scribes about Scripture, and he actually missed his trip, or he missed the bus with his parents. So they went like halfway through the trip, and they're like, hey, where's Jesus? And they're like, what do you mean, where's Jesus? I thought you had him. They're like, no, I thought you had him. Can you imagine Mary? God gave me one job <laughs> to watch. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine your, your task with watching the, the Savior of the world, the, the, the God-man, and you lost him? And not only did you lose him like in the mall for like five seconds, how many of you parents ever had that scare? Like you see your kids, they're over there, and you look, and they're not there. And then you like look somewhere else, and they're not there. And you're like, I'm not trying to freak out, but I got my freak out face on. I've had that happen before. And literally, they're miles away. And they didn't have like an Uber. They didn't have a cell phone where they're calling. So can you imagine the thoughts that they had? One job, you know, one job. But guess what? Jesus grew in the knowledge of scripture. But then come 30 years of age, he sits there and he goes to get baptized. And when he goes to get baptized, he's not sinned. He's lived a perfect life. He goes to his cousin. His cousin's like, you should be baptizing me, man. What are you doing here? He goes, no, I need to do this so all can be fulfilled. And what that meant was I need to show you guys how to live your life as a man, how to come to God, how to be baptized into salvation. Yeah. 
And that's literally, it was a reflection of him dying for us and raising again, that we died in him and we rose in him. That our sin from the past or the future is dead. It no longer can stick to us because we're stuck on him. So literally, when God does this, they hear this voice from heaven. It says, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And as they hear that, as they hear that, man, you're amazing. You're my beloved son. They see the spirit of God descending on him. Do you know that after that is when Jesus started his ministry? That's when Jesus, he immediately went into the wilderness. The devil came at him. And I encourage you guys, it's important to read your Bible. Not to read your Bible of religious obligation. There are so many people that read their Bible to read their Bible to say, hey, I read my Bible today. I'm good. I got my filling. There's people in Vegas that are not saved or not followers of Christ that have the Bible completely memorized. You can walk up to them and tell them a scripture and they'll recite it to you. But it does them no good because they're not feeding on it. They're just memorizing it. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, how he resisted the devil, how he resisted temptation was quoting scripture. He set an example for us. He didn't go, I'm God. You better get away from me. He literally spoke to the devil through what the Holy Spirit inspired the men of old. And he spoke the word of God. And when he spoke the word of God, the devil couldn't stay. And when we read our Bible, when we're reading our Bible, we're literally taking in what the Holy Spirit did thousands of years ago. And we're feeding on it. And when we have that, that's when we can walk in the victory. Your effort will never produce the righteousness of God. Your want will never produce the righteousness of God. His word in your life produces victory in your life. The spoken word, what you read, and then you walk in it. I've tried before to be, have good deeds. I've tried before, like, oh, I'm really going to do it this time. I'm not going to do it. How many guys make little promises? I'll raise my hand, you know. (laughs) I'll be honest, guys. (laughs) We make these little promises to God. God, if you get me out of this, I will not do this ever again. God knows you're lying. You know why he knows you're lying? You can't do it. If you could do it, he would have never sent Jesus. And guess what? If Jesus could have done the work that God had for him, he would have never sent the Holy Spirit. I want you to see that. Jesus didn't do one thing. He didn't didn't have one message to where people's lives transformed until he had the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's so important. It's so many people overlook it. Okay, you guys still with me? All right, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. (laughs) Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who sent... Now think about this. I want to stop here. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, and with what? Power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was what? Okay, pay attention to that. For God was with him. We've gotten an incredible series from Pastor Mike about courage. 
Do you know the definition of courage? The ability to do something that frightens one. That's courage. It's not saying that you're not afraid. It's saying that in the midst of my own personal fear, I'm going to tackle this. How do we tackle our own personal fears in life? I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to submit his way, and God's going to be with me. Just as the anointing was on Jesus, the Holy Spirit and the anointing is going to be on me. And it gives you courage. Now, I'm going to read this. We read this last week, but it was, it was so good. So after the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Can you imagine being the son of Nun? <laughs> hey, who's your daddy? Nun. <laughs> My name's Joshua. Yeah, son of Nun, loser. Now, can you imagine? He's the son of Nun. The other thing I want you to focus on here is that it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go to the Jordan, and you and all, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. We're going to stop there. Moses, just a little backstory. I don't know if you guys, how much you know about Moses. Anybody ever heard of Moses before? Okay. Moses was uh, from the tribe of Israel. He was, he was Jewish, but he literally grew up as an Egyptian. And not just any Egyptian, he grew up as a prince of Egypt. His whole mindset was, you do what I say, when I say it, I can see God kind of picking Moses because he knew what authority was. It wasn't uh, an earned authority. It's not like Moses was really getting in the Nile, really swimming and beating the crocodiles. And Pharaoh's daughter was like, man, look at that baby swimming. He means two crocodiles. We're going to raise him up. He's in a basket. It's unearned. It's unmerited. And he has favor in the, side, in the eyes of Pharaoh's daughter. And she raises him as her own. So Moses grows up. He gets a little too cocky. He sees that an Egyptian guard is uh, beating up his, his kinsmen. So he gets really, he gets mad. Moses had a temper. It's a little bit of a hothead. A little too hot. Killed the guy. So all of a sudden he went from prince of Egypt to Egypt's most wanted. Grandpa wanted to kill him. How dare you disrespect us like that? So I can see the natural, the, 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 the natural segue from Moses being the one that, hey, you're going to lead, you're going to go back to Egypt, you're going to get my people out. But Joshua, he was born a slave. He was born a slave. His whole life, for the first 40 years of his life, he was, you do what I say, when I say, or there's going to be a price to pay. And then he's sitting there, he's used to being told what to do. So Moses is like, here, Joshua, go do this. All right, I'm good for that. But then Moses dies, and now it's like, hey, Joshua, it's on you. Now he had been told and he was prepared beforehand that he was going to be the guy. But guess what? There's still the point. How many of us, when we hear that Jesus said in Scripture, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but then it comes like, but can I really do it all? Can I really do what the Bible says I can do? You guys getting this? It says, I am giving them children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness to the Lebanon, all, uh, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down and the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
Isn't that interesting what we just read in Acts? For God was what? With him. Think about this. God was with him. I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Think about it. You know what God's saying? I know you're afraid. I know what you know what you can, and I know you know what you can't do. But be strong and very courageous. I want you to do something that frightens you because I'm going to be with you. I don't want you focusing on what you can't do. I want you focusing that I'm with you. You guys getting this? Um, only be, uh, that you may observe to do according all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is what? With you wherever you go. My third point. God never wants you to work apart from the Holy Spirit. He never wanted us to work apart from the Holy Spirit. Think about that, guys. Who benefits the most from us not living a life having a relationship with the Holy Spirit? The enemy. Your friends won't benefit from your relationship as Christ. They won't benefit to the full measure as they would if you had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know when you literally have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's literally God with you? Jesus, I want you to focus on this. Jesus didn't do one thing, one miracle, until he had the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He didn't walk on any water. He didn't pay his taxes from catching a fish. That's like a, every fisherman's dream, by the way. You go fishing, you catch the fish, and guess what? You don't have to pay any taxes this year because the fish had all the money in its mouth. That's, yeah, I mean, it's like, thank you, God, you know? It was God with us, all right? Acts 1, 4 through 5. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That's Jesus talking to the disciples. He's about to, he's like, listen, I did what I was called to do. I ran my race. Now it's time for you guys. But don't do anything until you have the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. They're with Jesus for three and a half years. They're with him three and a half years. They see all the things he does. They have a great eyewitness account. And Jesus says, I don't want you saying or doing anything. I want you waiting until you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know why? If it worked for God from eternity past and it worked for Jesus, guess what? It's the best plan. And let me tell you this. If God sent his very best in Jesus to pay for your sin, guess what? He sent his very best in sending the Holy Spirit so you could walk out your righteousness and reach more people for Jesus. Amen. That's good. Think about this. When you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, 
you're doing the same thing that Jesus Christ himself did. And God is with you. And here's the beauty of it. Jesus had to live a perfect life for the Holy Spirit to come and abide with him. We know that Jesus lived a perfect life and he took our sin. So now the Holy Spirit comes and make his abode in us. It's not based on what you did or have not done. It's based on what he did. If your life, you're focusing on what you've done or what you haven't done, you're failing yourself. And you're not just failing yourself. You're failing the people that God wants to use you to reach for him. Do you know Moses killed a man, yet he's considered the greatest and most important prophet in the Jewish culture? Really, the world. Think about that. He, he messed up. David commits adultery. He gets stuck in his sin, and he's like, shoot. He brings the guy home. He's like, hang out with your wife. The guy's so honorable. He's like, I can't enjoy the pleasure of my wife while my brothers are out there dying. So he sleeps outside the door. So David fixing his sin. How many of us have ever tried to fix our sin? It's not working. And it's like, you know what? I know what I got to do. I got to kill him. Think about this. David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because David, when he messed up, ran to God, not away from him. The difference between David and us David's probably a better sinner than most of us. I mean, if you're talking, I don't know how many of you guys killed somebody in here or like, you know, like if you have, there's hope for you because, you know, Moses, David. But here's the thing. God said he's a man after my own heart. Why? Because David recognized, man, I am a fool. I need to go back to my source. I've been a fool. And let me tell you something. When you have that mindset that when you mess up, it doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what Jesus did. That's where there's hope. That's the hope of the world. Christ died for your sin. Either you believe it or you don't. And if he died for your sin, and then he sent the Holy Spirit to empower you to reach more people and let them know, hey, my per- I'm not perfect at all. Any person that proclaims to be better than somebody else, run from them. The only person we exalt here is Jesus Christ. Serious. You get people looking at people like, oh, they're such a good person. No, Jesus was so awesome. I can literally grow into his image because I've accepted what he's done for me. You guys getting this? Here's another thing. And it happened. While Paulus was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now think about this. He sees believers, all right? He sees believers, and when he sees the believers, the first thing he asks, have you had the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Think about it. The first thing he asks, not who got you saved. Was it Peter or was it John? He didn't ask that. He said, have you had the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why? Because Paul knew you're not going to be successful in your Christian walk unless you have the Holy Spirit. The very first thing he said, well, well, let's read it together. What'd they say? Uh, We have not so much as heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. Like, dude, we have no idea what you're talking about. How many have ever been there? You might be there today like, oh, the Holy Spirit is getting kind of weird, man. (laughs) You're like, let me tell you something, it's a life changer. 
And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John indeed baptized with baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Bore witness with their heart. They're like, yeah, we want Jesus. So what else happened? And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. Think about it. 12 disciples changed the world. Paul got 12 new guys. Hey, you guys are baptized. All right, go out. Send them. When they heard this, they were baptized. Uh, I already read that. I want you guys to focus on this. I'm about to close. The light came back on. (laughs) The Lord's with us. (laughs) Peter was a disciple of Jesus, and he was very close to Jesus. It was Peter, James, and John. Those were like his three close. You know, you have your buddies that you hang out with often, and then you got your really close buddies. Peter was, he was in the inner circle. So Peter's hanging out with Jesus. Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. Peter goes, I ain't going to let it happen. He's like, I got you. He literally told Jesus, I got you. He goes, that ain't going to happen on my watch. And he starts out strong. The guys come in the garden. They go to arrest Jesus. And literally, Peter grabs out his sword. They didn't have guns back then. He probably would have. He'd definitely be carrying. You know, it's like he grabs a bam, shoots the guy's ear off. He didn't shoot his ear off. He cut his ear off. Talk about real close. You know, it's like, ah! Amen, you got a thing this big and you hit the ear. It's like, whatever. It's my own little... What? I think it's funny. You're this close to somebody, you can't hit their noggin. You hit their ear. You cut their ear right off. Maybe she's like, no, it's okay, Peter. I need somebody else. But literally... Maybe Peter realized, oh my gosh, I I was going for his head. I only got his ear. I'm I'm not as tough as I thought I was. Who knows what he was thinking? But he goes from fighting the fight to literally denying Jesus three times. Actually cursing, saying, I never knew this guy. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I never knew this guy. And he becomes a coward in the matter of hours. And then he's so distraught from what he did. And I don't know about you guys, there's always hope for you. These guys were Jesus' best friends, and they denied even knowing him. So I don't know if you guys have denied knowing Jesus. or like, I never knew that guy. So far, we got murderers. We got people denying Jesus. You're in good company. And guess what? He hides in a room. And he hides in a room, and he waits. And then Jesus is raised from the dead, and Peter doesn't believe it. It should be Peter and Thomas who were doubters, but I don't know. Peter got lucky with that. But Peter didn't even believe that Jesus was raised. Peter didn't believe until actually Jesus appeared in front of him. And guess what happens? That same guy that was a coward, hiding, afraid from everybody that they're going to take him out like they took Jesus out, is the same guy that once he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, Instead of hiding on the second floor of a house with the windows shut, he opened up the doors and he proclaimed a message and he got 3,000 people saved. And the reason he did that is because he had this boldness and he had this assurance that God was with him. It wasn't this guy on his own that was trying to take some people's ears off. It was this guy that knew Jesus. Knowing Jesus isn't enough to succeed in your walk 
with Christ. It's enough for salvation. Hear me clearly. Jesus is 100% enough for you to go to heaven. More than enough. But for you to live the life that Jesus died and rose again for you to live, you have to walk in the steps that he walked. You have to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want you to be very, I want you to hear me clearly. Jesus, more than enough for you to go to heaven. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can earn. Jesus is it. But if you want to make your mark through your walk with him and do what you're called to do, you can't do it unless you have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You guys getting it? Got one more thing and then we're done. I want to share about me. My life, things always work out for me. And I expect them to. Not because how good I am, but how good Jesus is. And I know that the Lord my God is with me. When I blow it, I can't blow it enough to where he can't fix it. And you can talk to my dad about this. You can talk to anybody. Anybody who knows me, my dad, and he was talking to me one time. It was funny. He goes, you could go through the worst situation, the stinkiest situation, and come out smelling like a rose. He goes, I've never seen it, Chris. He goes, things just always work out for you. And I literally, I tell myself, and I tell everybody I know, things work out for me. Don't worry. It might look terrible. Let me tell you something. We've had some awesome opportunities to not trust God. We've had some awesome opportunities to be like, yo, God, we're in faith and nothing's changing. But in the midst of those opportunities, I literally say this, and my wife will say it too, my beautiful wife, pregnant with our third child. And my wife will tell you, things work out for us. We get stressed. We've had marvelous opportunities to not trust God. But we figure, you know, we've already trusted him this far and he hasn't let us down. Let's just keep going. I have more friends and more influence now than I've ever had in my life. And the reason I have this is because I'm courageous. If you know me, I'm not going to be the guy that if I meet you, be like, you know Jesus? You know Jesus? I'm not going to sit there. I don't have like this soapbox that I bring with me. Like, it's not going to be like, repent now. You're going to burn. I'm not that guy. That's just not who I am. But I am a guy that I will treat people with respect. I will treat people with the love of God because I've experienced the love of God. I will respect people because Jesus Christ died for me. That while I was yet a sinner, he died for me so I could live for him. And every person I come in contact with is a person Jesus Christ died for. Everyone. Some of them, I have forgotten that he died for them. But guess what? He's always with me. You just got to be honest in church, right? So last week, or this week, I'm going to a business meeting. I'm going to lunch. And I'm trying to get over. And this guy in this porch is not letting me over. And I always give people the opportunity to be nice on their own. And then I like to encourage them. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. 
To stay connected with our that. ministry, visit us so on I'm the web there. at myfc.tv. I'm trying like on 95, and this is like five minutes. Dude, it's like a kid does not want somebody in front of you and speed up just, just enough. Just where my tire I'm like, all right. I'm sitting there. I'm like grabbing the wheel. I'm like, Lord, save him. You know, like, better hope you right with God because it's about to get real. You know, I'm being honest. I was really getting hot. I'm working myself up. And I'm like, oh, I'm just coming over. <laughs> I went right over. He honks at me. He's giving me this, all the sign language. I don't know. I don't read sign language. But I'm sitting there, and then it just fueled me even more. I'm like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I was, I was hot. I've gotten a lot better. I know. I didn't tell my wife. This is the first time we're hearing it. So I've gotten a lot better. But we still need Jesus. So I'm sitting there, and then it just really takes off. He's like, and I'm just like, rah, 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 you know, I'm just like, uh, I'm going 80. I'm going 80. I'm just saying, I'm being honest. I even took my hands off the steering wheel. I'm like, Whoa, you know, I'm just like. So then I see him. I'm like, oh, he's going to cut me off now. I was like, this guy. So he cuts me off. And I'm just looking. I'm like, what? It's like, ooh. I was mad. I got in the flesh. But God was with me. So I'm sitting there, I was like, the Holy Spirit's like, Chris, you done being stupid? <laughs> That's literally what I heard. And I kind of heard Nicole's voice. I don't know, you use, I'm like, man, I, I got a baby on the way. I can't be acting like this. I'm in my 30s now, you know, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> literally, you done being stupid. So I'm like, okay. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm just going to cool off. And then on the inside, it's like, the guy thinks he won. <laughs> I was like, but whatever, you know, <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> so I'm just cruising. And this guy did it again to this person who is not as friendly as I was. <laughs> and I got a little bit of a chuckle out of it. So he does it to this guy in this big SUV. Well, this guy in this big SUV, he doesn't go like this. He's like, <laughs> I'm just like, whoa. And, I'm like, and then I'm sitting there, I was like, dude, you got to realize, if you get in this type of stuff in, with two people in five minutes, I mean, <laughs> they're single for a season and then single for a reason. You know, if you're always finding the people that are just crazy drivers, chances are you're the crazy driver. I say this to tell you this. He never leaves me. I told you, and since I, if you would have saw me, you would not have thought that hey, he's going to preach on Sunday. You know, like, look at that guy. You know, like, here, come to my church, brother. You know, like, I wasn't that guy. Yeah, I don't, I, you don't want me to have your bumper sticker on my car and be like, that church? No, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, we have fun being real. God's here right now, and I don't know how he does it, but he does it, because I know some of you got something from it. Not for me. He uses the dumb things to confound the wise. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will make your life better than you ever thought possible. Because his whole purpose, his whole function in the Trinity is to execute the power of God. Whether he's executing the power of God in creation or he's executing the power of God on raising Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. I want you guys to leave knowing this. I am not perfect. <laughs> you know, I am not. I'm not close to being perfect. But I see myself 100% getting 
guilt-free in Christ Jesus. And I expect my life is blessed. You know why? I believe wholeheartedly he died for me so I could live for him and his Holy Spirit's with me and he quickens me and he gives me boldness where I have confidence. I could sit in front of all you guys who are much more level-headed than I am and talk to you about how great the Holy Spirit is because that's our God. He takes what your natural ability is and he exceeds it because he's with us. He told Joshua, don't look at what they're saying. Don't look at what the fear is. Look at who's with you. Who's with you is the same guy that was with Jesus and God the Father from eternity past. He's the same one that watches over his word to perform it. The Holy Spirit loves talking about Jesus and he loves glorifying Jesus. With that being said, I want you guys to bow your heads, close your eyes. This is the part where we're going to kind of tone it down a little. And this is where I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to see this imperfect guy up here talking about a perfect Savior. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.